Amakwini Togozani Emakosini. Ikamalam Guzi Poagokdolamo Elogukula Gumai Shome. Ba Utanda Ungan Biza Gokumai Shome Oganya Gokunazu. Bendizo Tanda Utata Eli Tuba, Ditsama Kushekuzo Zonga is surely as in Dipeteo as Pagatikum Zimbawam, and Libeleo Oganya Engas Bizang and Goku Zinga Kumbis Kalikis. Dikalengotamakusha. Emma Bileni, M. Olanga, Olambulo, Kunda, or Vapi, or Nanda Pagani Sanda Tamakusha. The Tamakushe, Emma Zizini, Olamienum Dadela, or Binoboya. The Tamakusha Combatano Cosibe, Dinga Wali Belanga, Mampinga, Owawa, Opolo Gosh. Tamakusha Christmas and Pesce, Lelias and Begi Pele, and Clog on the Chocutiano Zengele, Unongo Setan Sichon Tamakush. Tamakushe Christmas, so tall on Langisa. Tamakushe Kotida on Wangule. Tamakushe Kusuelas and Fundus are Opagamasitlozi. Jal on Togos is a Kubaba Wam, Umam Dambok and Lango, Tangi Togos a Coco, Togos is a Kukum Kuluami, Umapizi, Gama Hoto, Diti Bayeta Makosa Makul, Makose Zizwe, Yatamakosha. Today, we are going to be looking at a less overt type of scam in the context of spiritual and religious journeys. And that is thinking that one can stay true to one's journey in the absence of support. Support from family and friends and even institutions such as church, home and spiritual homes. We touched briefly on the element of support in episode four, when we spoke about it in the context of Ingolo, we seem to or becoming a Sangoma. Since then, my producer and I have had conversations loosely in and around support. In talking about support, I suppose it would be wise to contextualize how I think about support and how I have constructed support in my family and how I have looked for support in my various spiritual journeys. I've had much time to think about the kinds of support that I received during initiation. And I just want to prelude by saying this, the way that I think about support naturally is influenced by my familial structure. Again, as I said, when I think about my personal journey, I remember approaching my spiritual journey in, in the sort of way that I approach my family, right? Um, in the sense that my, my, my parents never married. Um, and so I've always had different sides of the family. All of my families have historically been Christian and have identified with Christian ideals. However, my father's side of the family tended to be a little bit more on the traditional Christian side, whereas my mother's side of the family was a little bit more liberal. Um, we shared prophecies in church. We shared visions. Um, we prayed over water, there was drums, there was singing, and there was dancing. So I suppose I would say that my father's side of the family practiced, a re- practiced rather a religion that was a little bit more structured. And I suppose it was further structured when he sort of married someone who, um, when he married my stepmom who belongs in the Adventist denomination. When I started to contend with looking for support in my journey, I was fortunate enough at the time that Inguloyam or my calling presented itself on my mother's side of the family. When I would see myself um, 
participating or partaking in spiritual undertakings, I would see myself on my mother's side of the family. And so it made it easier for me to approach this. My mother and, and my grandmother, you know, have been foot soldiers and continually present as foot soldiers um, within all of my religious and my spiritual pursuits. And when I started my journey, I, I, I again started on the side of my mother's side of the family. By, by the time I transitioned over and I sort of started to think about what my ancestral calling means in that context of, of my, my father's side of the family or my paternal side, I think um, enough time had passed and enough performance of my spirituality had happened such that it was easier for them to sort of be accepting. It was easier for me to present my case um, in and around spirituality um, and in and around pursuits of Ubungoma. So the journey or, or support in itself and acquiring support was a journey. And again, it's not limited to, to the direct family. I remember having to consult senior members of the family who had to to play a role as well. Um, you know, in Kosa and in Kosa families, there is um, the role that is called Intlabi. And essentially, we cannot have a ceremony or a rite of passage or any ritual or slaughter an animal in the absence of Intlabi by law. And by law of our tradition, we cannot do that. So we, at the time, I remember my mother and my grandmother went on this pursuit with me involving the necessary stakeholders, if I can put it like that, um, but also guided heavily by dreams as well, right? Not in terms of, I suppose, finding Inklabi, but finding other people who would be supportive and who would stand by me through my journey. Um, I remember certain people were revealed through dreams, like the person who would sort of be my companion, and guess because I would call him Ukanga Tawam. Um, I dreamt about the person that it would be, um, he's an older brother, older cousin, um, and I obviously had to um, humble myself and sort of bring my case to him and say, listen, this is what I have been shown. Um, this is the role that I would like you to participate uh, to participate in and play. Are you willing to, to play this role? And I've also found that when you humble yourself and you show respect to people and their positions, um, in turn, they are able to offer you support. Upotolela um, was very instrumental in my journey. I remember I couldn't have food that didn't pass through his hands. I couldn't go anywhere without him. I had to, to rely on his intuition as well. Uguti, if I'm doing something, he is there. I'm not doing anything um, without him. And that is in the context of traditional ceremonies that involve other members of the family. Right. When I concluded my ceremonies on my father's on, on my mother's side of the family, um, again, it was easier to to identify some people who sort of could play an instrumental role in supporting me um, towards fulfilling my journey and I suppose unifying and unifying my ancestors. Um, and so again, because I had the regalia and had the beading already and the clothing, um they could see visually that something was going on. And all I had to do was to sort of, again, humble myself and seek that kind of support, um, all the while respecting their positions as 
my rakadis or otatobawo, my father's sisters, my father's cousins, and so forth. And that is what the journey of support has looked looked like for me. I don't in any way think it plausible for me to have undergone my journey or achieved the success that I have in my journey in terms of jumping through the necessary hoops, going through the necessary rites of passages, had it not been for family support. And I suppose thinking about my family support and support um, solicited thinking about support in other religious journeys and other religious pursuits. And in, in that thinking, I, I stumbled on a post on Facebook from, from a childhood friend of mine, and it was rather reflective on his journey into becoming a baptized, born-again Christian in the Seventh-day Adventist denomination. He spoke about the challenges of staying committed and so forth. And I, I, I thought that it would be useful for us to have a conversation in and around that, um, have a conversation in and around adjusting to the demands of spiritual and religious journeys, changing your lifestyle um, accordingly, all the while facing challenges that threaten um, your faithfulness to, to your journey and your cause. Joining us in discussion today um, is vlogger, singer, songwriter, Baptized Christian Teban Dibaban, welcome and thank you so much for agreeing to have this discussion with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. I suppose the first thing I want to to ask you is um, is for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your relationship with your faith um, and your relationship with God. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a, a tricky one. Um, you know, in the church they speak in reference to people like myself as backsliders, those who kind of got their rite of passage in as far as the church goes, but later on kind of fall off the the, the bandwagon. Um so I'm one of those. Uh, I was raised Adventist, um, but I do have an experience of very colorful background in terms of um spirituality um my my grandfather my late grandfather is is a sangoma himself and my grandmother who introduced my mom to the adventist denomination is um catholic and you know all of those influences regardless of you know the the, the denomination that i chose still play a very big role in, in, in who I am right now. Um, one part that I cannot leave out is also the fact that, you know, traditionally and spiritually, um, you know, I had my own rite of passage that got me to a point where I was declared a man, you know. Um, mm. and, and, and like you did mention, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a singer, songwriter, uh, I'm a creator, um, I, I've got a, you know, I had a podcast of my own, which on its on its own is a is a very um, spiritual journey. You know, um, you do have to tap into uh, elements that you weren't privy to previously before you you could start creating. And I, I think um, a lot of times with with um, writing music, 
it's it's something that would come to me you know while i i was asleep in the very wee hours of the morning and i can also point to that as a very spiritual aspect of my journey as well but i do identify as adventist yeah okay wonderful um you know i mentioned earlier on that you know you are baptized um and that you are obviously self-identifying um adventist man why was it important for you to get baptized um what was the significance of it all right so being baptized or getting baptized rather um signifies you accepting um Jesus as your lord and savior and in terms of the community the adventist community it's also um subscribing in front of your 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 church community to say that these ideals that you know have been presented to me you know the adventist church is a very literature based organization you know you read a lot about the history of the adventist church and you read about uh, uh, the fundamental beliefs i think there's about 29 of them and those are the pillars of our faith and in in it was important for me because i i i needed to kind of assert that okay i i now understand of the faith and and i accept the church and primarily jesus as my lord and savior and because i've come to that understanding i now need to go through um this very significant aspect which is baptism to kind of signify that everything that was formed part of who i am a lot of those things need to fall off and as i suggested i need to be born again so that's mm. why i i felt it very significant that i do undergo um that sepi did you think of yourself as as a christian before um your baptism or was it important to and essential for you to to lament your christian identity through baptism so because of um the the community that i i grew up around you you never really get the opportunity to decide that this is something that you identify as you know but it's 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 an idea that's sort of cultivated by the fact that you you live in and amongst these people you go to church with these people you read from the same book or books rather um and you live you end up living your life in this christian way having never accepted or come to terms with the fact that okay i'm also part of this denomination and and i guess that's where the significance of of baptism um is because like i did mention the adventist church is a very literature based organization so you are fed a lot of literature you know and at that point when you haven't taken up the decision to say i will get baptized or, or or i'm getting baptized you you you're simply reading as as a normal congregant you know or a normal community member and it's only until you come to the point where you 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 undergo that baptism that you can say this this literature and all of this knowledge and all these pillars of our faith is something that i subscribe to so yeah okay you know i think many people sort of are reductionist in the way that they think about baptism and understand baptism 
Um, and that is um, simply, you know, um, constructing baptism as a function of just being submerged in water, right? And there's so much more to it, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about your journey towards the water, if I can put it like that? What kinds of hoops did you have to to undergo or to forego to sort of lament this identity now and to proclaim, I suppose, and to claim your your Christian identity like you weren't able to before the water, if I can put it like that. Yeah, so so like I did mention, the the Adventist Church is a very literature based organization. So you 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 have to go through what we call a baptismal class. You know that that in my journey lasted about a year. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's certain um, fundamental beliefs that you you have to familiarize yourself with. There's certain documents that belong to the church that you have to familiarize yourself with. Um, you have to have a very intricate understanding of the church manual because once you do get baptized, you need to know um, what the laws of the church say um, and 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 what lifestyle you should then lead as a baptized individual. You know, but um, primarily for me, it was it was also about the acceptance of of Jesus Christ as you know my Lord and Savior. Um, which is very spiritual and and I think um in the discourse of our conversation maybe we'll we'll delve deeper into it but um these these two things are, are very inversely proportional because there's 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 a need you know you look at your life and you look at how you're supposed to be living your life you look at your influences and you're like no this is a decision that I have to take and on the very mm-hmm. uh, on the on the far end, is a very cut and paste approach to it, which is um, going through the literature. You know, it's like studying for an exam, it's like studying for a mathematics exam and not knowing when you'll ever have to identify a hypotenuse in, in your life, you know, or in the life that you'll come to lead after you finish writing your, 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 your metric exam. So bringing those two worlds together then becomes a bit of a challenge, but yeah for me for me it was it was it was a conviction that said look man you know you've lived life and and I was baptized when I was in in, in varsity so it wasn't it wasn't a very um community it was I wasn't influenced by my community where where I I learned of church which was in Mtata you know um I was at UJ and and I looked at my life and I was like everything that I've learned that that makes me a better Christian um, needs to come to 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 play right now, and that conviction is what said to me, "Look, you need to have Jesus an, as an example." And one of the first things that you need to do um, in leading this Christian life is to obviously get baptized, and and that's where I took up the decision. You know, earlier on, I made reference. Um to a post that you had made on on Facebook in and I suppose in the po- in the post you were speaking about your journey of baptism and you showed an image of yourself getting baptized and, and you know you spoke about um sort of falling off the wagon a little bit and you did just now touch on you know teachings of the church and prescriptions given to you in terms of how you live 
how you are um, as a born again person, um, not as Utebang of before, before Tebang, you know, engaged with, with baptism. What, what what was that falling off the wagon like? And and I suppose the question here is outside of what of what what was it like, but what were your experiences of it? How how did your faith and the thing you had decided to do with so much conviction come under question and come under threat? If if I can put it like that, yeah. All right. So for me, it, it was an issue of not being able to translate all of the literature and knowledge that I'd gathered over the years existing in the Adventist church and applying it in my life or making sense of it in in, in my practical and everyday life. Um, and the challenges were were so overwhelming that when when I when I looked at myself and 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 compared, you know, compared myself to every Adventist principle that I'd learned before, I realized that in so many ways, I, I might not have been living in the manner that I was taught. And I think this is where the element of support comes in um, because you can you can give me books and you can give me all of this literature, but the guidance and, and someone being there to say when 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 this challenge in context comes comes up maybe this is what you need to look at in terms of you know the literature and the spiritual aspect and this is how you can tackle certain issues and as a young man obviously you find yourself um having fun varsity um going out clubbing which is obviously against adventist principles and the health message you know as detailed by by one of our writers in the Adventist Church, Ellen G. White, it, it speaks out against the consumption of alcohol. It speaks out against the, you know, having having to be in certain environments, especially on 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 a Friday evening, which is the beginning of Sabbath, and also what foods you consume, you know. Then I I kind of took a step back and I said, who then do I do I seek? help from you know and it becomes very difficult because we we even speak in reference to to our beliefs uh, that, that are documented as the 28 fundamental beliefs and when you when you feel like you faltered it's so hard to go back to someone who you look up to like like someone like my mom who introduced me to to, to the adventist faith and and be able to detail all of these things because for, for, for her, it's it's anything that would not um, subscribe to to the twenty eight fundamental beliefs would mean that I've faltered in my journey, and and it kind of creates that separationism. That even the people that are supposed to guide you, you 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 feel condemned by them, um, because this this Christian journey and this Adventist to be specific journey is so detailed and it's so cut and paste. Don't eat this. Don't do this at a certain time. You can't be found with certain company. You, you can't have premarital sex. And it becomes so difficult to detail some of these challenges that you end up being like in this cocoon where, where you're like, okay, cool. I have now backslidden and I've got no support system because one of the first things that's going to happen is that if I do, for an example, make mention as a baptized Adventist, 
um, that I may be engaged in premarital sex, I may be consumed alcohol, I may be might have been found in the wrong company. I'm I'm meant to 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 go and detail that to my pastor, whoever um 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 is 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 heading the church that I'm currently attending at the time. And there's a process where you're kind of set aside from the church and you have to endure another journey of rebaptism. And to some extent it does also get a bit embarrassing. You know, so it, it 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 does create that distance between, you know, the reality of what's happening in my life and that spiritual guide that I think everyone needs, you know, in any faith. Hmm. Um, you know, it's very, very powerful what you've said. And I think um it it brings me quite nicely into the next thing that I want to 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 touch on. And I suppose you'll build on what you were saying now, is how how did you take it psychologically, right? Um, contending with your behaviors post falling off the wagon, right? And by that, I mean, you know, once we are exposed to institution, once we adopt institution and we sort of internalize doctrine, we tend to self-regulate as well based on that doctrine. And we tend to also self-punish and, and self-alienate um, based on whether we are being for all intent and purpose good Christians or not. How do you or how did you reconcile and realign your identity, I suppose, as, as a Christian who is living in the real world and is faced with some of these challenges and sometimes occasionally falls off the bandwagon? How how do you stop yourself from being too punitive on yourself yeah no look it's very isolating you know because like i've said you've been fed all of this knowledge and all of these doctrines and pillars of 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 your faith and for you to be able to to have a chat with, with with someone that can maybe guide you back into the fold it becomes very difficult and it's not just um, on from a lifestyle perspective, but there's also many other things that I've experienced in my life that don't really align, for an example, with um, my faith. Uh, for an example, when when I got my rite of passage as a as a man, mm. um, traditionally we use alcohol, and it was a very contentious issue between my grandfather and my mom to say that. How how are we going to take him to to the to the mountain, and and reintroduce him to the community without addressing or or, or 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 giving you know the community members, which are people that helped him through this rite of passage, there's something in Isposa that we call him anelozabo, you know, and it's a very yes. traditional and spiritual thing, and it's you you, you cannot kind of complete that entire cycle without the use of alcohol for an example so it was a very contentious issue and beyond that on my dad's side of the family they're also christian but um they're african traditionalists and there's there's books and documents even on their end that have been passed down from generation to generation um spiritual documents that uh, uh will give you 
precautions on how to protect your family, for an example, or protect um, your your livestock. And I, I've seen my grandfather firsthand um, drive away hail, hailstones, you know, so that his garden isn't affected. And and we could see the hail approaching, you know, and 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 after he had conducted um, the the spiritual thing that he did, you know, we could see the hail go everywhere else except for his garden. And when you want to speak about such, you know, you're kind of made to feel like you're a, you're a bit of a madman because in as far as your faith is concerned, these things don't exist, you know. So so it's it's a very isolating uh, feeling and, and it causes you a lot of anxiety because it caused me a lot of anxiety because it's all I've ever known, you know, being Adventist is all I've ever known. So trying to make sense of all of these things that are happening around me, both traditionally and otherwise, and also the element of, of um, songwriting, you know, you, you kind of have to reference people that are no longer um, with you. And for me, I've had moments where I could hear some melodies that my granddad would, would, would sing or hum and 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 i saw and and i felt them you know in my dream and and i woke up and i could remember some of them i i in fact wrote a song for pelobala and that song the melody is is, is something i dreamt of and and very much influenced by my grandfather and upel is also someone who who endured um the, the the path of being a, an African traditionalist. He's also a, a Sangoma himself, you know. So those things are very conflicting, and and for me, I I didn't ask for this um creative gift, but it does come to me, and it's it's undeniable, you know. And 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 the songs are beautiful, and it's even hard to to speak honestly about my creativity because if if I should go to where it comes from then it's in conflict with what i've been taught and to believe as a as, as a born again young man you know so it's a very isolating feeling um but i guess it's it's it's, it's something that we navigate around because another thing another problem with um my faith if i'll say that and and i'd be in, in big trouble for for lambasting my my faith on a, on a, on a <laughs> oh, podcast true you know um but another problem with that is that if you teach a child to to you know delve deep into scripture you're kind of teaching them to research and the one thing that you won't be able to to stop because it's 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 a rabbit hole is them delving deeper into this research that okay where why would um we be taught to 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 pray to to, to this god who when we're taught to pray or, or when we read, you know, in the scriptures, even in prayer, he would, you know, um, um, his, his disciples would, would, would reference those that had walked the path before and some of them aren't alive anymore. Um, but when it comes to, to the African context, if I say, uh, I can't speak like that, but I can say, you know, um, God of Jacob and God of Moses. Um, and yet I I don't identify with Moses. I, I I've never walked 
on the same land that he's he's walked but someone who's who's been close to me is definitely my grandfather you know so and 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 the adventist church is very precise on the state of the dead that if you're dead you feel nothing you 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 cannot communicate with someone who's alive and and that's that's about that so it it creates a lot of conflict in in in, in any young adventist and and these are conversations that with time are, are starting to come to light and people are starting to question a lot of things because we've been taught to read through the scriptures and and read through literature to edify ourselves and when we continue to ask more questions because that's what knowledge begets knowledge and and you'll always want to chase more truths and and, and enlightenment and edification so it's, it's a very conflicting feeling but but i think um my resolve around it is that it, it it just really needs to be a very practical journey and when i speak to god and 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 i pray i'm very practical in my prayer that this this mind that you've given me and this knowledge that you've given me um i will question it and when it doesn't make sense to me i i don't feel like i want to go through the church channels anymore because what you'll find there is eight kept spirituality you know that there's only so much you can ask and mm. beyond that you're just going against the church so it's very, very tricky but it's 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 just a day-to-day -day thing where you just have to answer the little questions that present themselves in front of you and also seek guidance obviously from jesus christ which for me is the one person that i subscribe to even more than the literature around him you know you speak a lot about the absence of support right you speak a little bit about the absence of support and you say Uguti, you know even when you do fall off the bandwagon um there's a level of non-relatability because uh, the religion is so prescriptive right um in your support or the ideal kind of support that you would have had in those instances, what, what does it look like? Um, what does your support or your ideal support structure through that look like? Um, you know, we, we, we speak about um, tradi African traditionalism and we speak about African spirituality and Christianity and Adventism. And a lot of times we're so focused on on those elements, forgetting that at the center of all of this is someone's life. You know, I'm I'm here living my life, and these expertise and this knowledge is supposed to edify me and and feed me spiritually and otherwise, so that I can lead a successful life. So for me, support looks like understanding one that I'm dealing with a human being that needs to be heard you know a human being that is going to face challenges probably challenges that um the people that taught me what christianity is have faced themselves and um just knowing that you you've got sounding boards around you that will always hear you out and take time to understand your struggles instead of um condemning you using the literature that you 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 got at church or condemning you using the principle the african principles that you know indota doesn't do a b and c and when you do falter you know you're met with condemnation instead of an ear that says okay how can we help you how, how do you think you got yourself in into this debacle and ideally how how can we um 
be the, the the right kind of sign, sounding board that you need in order for you to successfully lead a, a spiritually fulfilling life and one that doesn't go against your traditions. So that support and knowing that the same sense of community you have in the church is not there to highlight your wrongs, but to 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 serve as 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 guides, whether spiritually or otherwise to say that we are there for you and want to create this environment of comfort where where even if you do falter or fall off the bandwagon you you can get back up because we are there and we we understand your struggle and the reason for all of these traditions and and spiritual guides that we put out there is so that we can see your life lived successfully so so for me that's the ideal support system and structure that i think everyone needs not just myself of course um and i suppose just to pick up on what on what you were just saying about not being condemned for um straying off your path i think uh, a big element of support that i found personally um through friends and family in my various journeys was through accountability as well so even when i do fall astray you know there are people that i trust and there is a community that i trust enough to say ish okay this is what i did abc whether it's fr- it's a friend or a cousin or whoever but equally in in that in my reflection and me sharing where i've sort of gone off there's a level of trust with 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 my emotions and i suppose my my general state of well-being but there's also a level of accountability that okay you know you have done this in spite of you saying you were going to do this the send this how how do we get you well and well enough to sort of get back onto the path that you committed to right and i in in my christian upbringing i found that to be lacking and missing as well that general sense of acceptance through making mistakes and also being held accountable in ways that don't condemn you or shame you in in the general public um so i i do appreciate you sharing those insights do you have any pearls of wisdom that you want to share you know with a person who is looking at baptism or the journey of baptism in the face and is looking at undergoing baptism or even is in the journey of baptismal class and and i suppose journeying towards the water yes de- definitely um if 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 anything obviously is about your life you 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 have to take it very seriously um and do it with the utmost honesty and if in that moment where you've taken up the decision to to undergo baptism it's an honest decision that comes from you don't you can never ever let it be influenced by your 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 community your church community it has to come from you and if in that moment you're honest about it and true to yourself and you do happen to falter it it doesn't nullify the fact that when you did take up the decision to endure this path of christianity that you you were misrepresenting yourself 
and and I think forgiveness is also a very a very pertinent issue around Christianity because we we suffer condemnation from from everyone else and then we 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 take that energy and we apply it in our lives and we condemn ourselves so it's always important to continue to forgive yourself because if if god would have wanted us to live a life of perfection i mean we, we he does want us to live a life of perfection but if he expected or anticipated that we would have lived perfect lives throughout then there'd be no reason for us to even exist on earth we'd be in heaven right now living our perfect lives but because we're imperfect beings the likelihood of us faltering is is probably a hundred percent and for that reason it's so important to always extend grace to yourself even before you go and ask for forgiveness it's always important to forgive yourself and understand that this is a journey and and just thrive um, um in in improving you know and and living an honest life where we, where you take up decisions that are not going to be to your detriment but when things do happen let it be an honest mistake that i didn't go to a certain corner knowing exactly what i'm going to find there you know because there's also that element of of people being blasphemous Ach, i'll do it because i'll pray about it tomorrow that's that that's uh, you know according to, to to christianity and adventism is considered blasphemy to the holy spirit because you know that i've i've, I've, I've got this get out of jail free card so it's it's important to always operate on a level of honesty and just being true to yourself and yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us and to share your journey with us. It's an absolute pleasure. And that is it from this edition of Gogo Have I Been Scammed. To share your story with us, please email us on scammed at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can reach out to us on our socials on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok under the handle Gogo Have I Been Scammed. Remember that you can find our latest podcast episodes on the Sowetan website under the podcast tab or across digital streaming platforms, Iono FM, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Coco Have I Been Scammed is a Times Live production and our producer is Demi Buzo. I have been your host, Coco Zipodolamo, and until next time, Togozani, Tamakwini, Emakosini.